are listening to the Open Heaven Church podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Hello. For those of you who don't know me, I'm John. I'm part of the OH2 leadership team. And I'm married to Laura and Papa to Miles and Sophia. And hopefully, by the time that you're listening to this, a brand new baby. We have been a part of the Open Heaven community for four years, almost to the day. Laura and I met while we were both students in Bristol. We got married before we graduated and lived in Bristol for a further six years before moving when I got a new job here in the East Midlands. It took us a few weeks to pack up, moving most of our things into storage before packing our essentials and moving in with Laura's parents while we looked for our first house to buy. We had no idea how long it would be before we were in our own home again. Now, don't worry, living with the in-laws was great. Thankfully, I get on very well with Laura's parents, but it isn't the same as having your own space and as as a family. And we were really looking forward to finding and moving into our new house, wherever and whenever that was going to be. Eventually, After 10 months, we had found, bought and done the necessary repairs and redecorating on our house in Shepshed. Moving day had arrived, Spring Bank holiday weekend 2017. Laura was actually at a wedding, so it was just me supervising moving our stuff, most of which had been in storage for nearly a year into our new home. I remember really clearly the lorry doors opening and suddenly realising We have so much stuff, too much stuff. We hadn't needed any of this stuff for months. Yes, much of what was in there was essential. Furniture, crockery, cutlery, the TV, wedding gifts, pictures, and treasured possessions that it was lovely to see and hold and use again. But there were some things, a lot of things, that I knew immediately we would likely never need or never use again. Things that were immediately moved into the spare room or into the loft for us to go through and to give away, sell or throw away, or maybe just to store until one day, sometime in the future, when we come to leave this house and move somewhere new, we would find again and wonder, what on earth do we do with this? And what's more, there were all the things that we didn't have that we would need a decent set of tools for all the DIY I would need to do. Now I didn't have a landlord I could call when something broke. And the garden equipment we would need because we finally had a garden and we were still missing some furniture that we needed for the house. I imagine that almost all of you have had at least one moving day. So I hope I'm not the only one for whom moving day is one of the only times when we actually take stock of the stuff we own and really think, what do I need to keep? What do I need to get rid of? And what are the new things that I do need? Over the last few weeks, we as a church have been studying and digging into the book of Nehemiah, one of the great history books of the Old Testament that, along with the book of Ezra, tells the story of the return to Israel and rebuilding and resettling of Jerusalem after the years the Israelites had spent in exile in Babylon. Today, 
we've reached chapters 11 and 12. The walls are rebuilt. The Israelites have committed themselves once again to following the commands of God laid down in the books of the law of Moses. Nehemiah 11 opens with the words, Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. The people commended all who, lived, who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. They've moved in. Finally, the land is resettled, Jerusalem is rebuilt, and the walls are secure. The people can once again inhabit the land safely and securely. Throughout this series, we have drawn parallels of our experience living through this pandemic that has impacted everyone and almost every part of our lives over the past year and a half, with that of the Israelites' experience being taken into and then returning from exile. Just as the Israelites with exile, COVID-19 has tested us as individuals, as families, as communities. It's tested our leaders, our relationship with authority, our sense of identity, responsibility to self and to community, our individualism and our collectivism. And it has been hard. It has been costly. Many of us have had huge losses. There was and still is a huge sense of grief. The Israelites' return to Israel was long, protracted, messy, with bumps and disappointments along the way. It's taken decades since Zerubbabel led the first Israelites to return, to get to this point with Jerusalem rebuilt and repopulated. And in the same way, we are still on a journey out of lockdown and into a future with no restrictions on social contact and no fear of catching or spreading a potentially deadly virus. But we're not there yet. Like the Israelites, there's a sense of uncertainty on timings and process. But soon, we have hope that this pandemic will end because all things end eventually. And our God is faithful. The prophetic words given before and during exile to Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and many others, which must have been so hard to believe at the time, were fulfilled both in the Israelites' return and ultimately in the person of Jesus. And we can be confident that God will fulfil the prophetic words, dreams and visions given to us before and during lockdown. Romans 8 tells us, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. We have a hope and a purpose in Jesus Christ. We are called to serve and follow him. And while we hope to see the fulfilment of his promises, we know that whether through us personally or others after us, God will fulfill them. He's promised to return and make all things right forever. A couple of weeks ago, many of us gathered virtually again with others at Wildfires Online to contend for the next great awakening in this country. I can't wait to be able to go back to the Wiston estate, to gather, to worship God, sleep in tents and to spend time in fellowship with other Christians. A bit like the Feast of the Tabernacles that we read about in Nehemiah 8. 
And I'm excited by the sense of purpose and resolve that we have found during this season. I recognise that for many of us, things are still really hard, both as a direct result of the pandemic and other physical and spiritual battles. But I feel that there is a real sense of hope about what we're moving into, the so-called new normal. A chance for us to set a new culture and redefine how we as a church live out our calling to make disciples who establish heaven on earth. Rich Wilson, over a year ago now, spoke about how what we sow in this season we will reap in the next. God has still been at work throughout this pandemic and the church here in Loughborough and throughout the nation has also. We have built a deeper sense of relationship and community with our neighbours, served and fed and cared for those in our communities who've been worst impacted by lockdown. People who had stopped praying or who had never prayed have turned to God in prayer. Church meetings and gatherings have moved online and people who wouldn't have ever entered a church building before have attended, heard the gospel and become Christians. There has been a lot sown in this pandemic season. And we are almost in that new season now. What we do in this period as we enter into that new season is really important. I think the same excitement, joy and trepidation must have been felt by the Israelites at this point in their history. With the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt and the city resettled, the people gather again to dedicate the walls and to praise God. We read in Nehemiah 12, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving, with the music of cymbals, harps and lyres. The musicians also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right, towards the dung gate. The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people. The two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God, So did I, together with half the officials, as well as the priests. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. It's party time. The people of Israel are full of joy and are praising God. They are home, their city is restored and they are giving God all the glory for enabling them to achieve it. This must have been an amazing moment for Nehemiah. What a difference from when he walked this route in secret in the middle of the night in chapter 2 to inspect the walls as they lay in ruins with the gates burned. Now, He's doing it in the daytime with a huge crowd, the walls and gates rebuilt, rejoicing so loudly that they can be heard far away. During lockdown, I know many of us have prayer walked our neighbourhoods and areas in the town that we felt a particular need for God to move. 
We in Shepshed, a number of us have, from different churches have gathered regularly over the last year to pray together. We even met in person to prayer walk the town one dark and rainy night in October. We sent round prayer diaries for the first few weeks in this year to pray for different areas of life in our town. Schools, teachers and young people, businesses, care homes and carers, those with mental health problems and addiction, families, relationships and marriages. My friend Pete and I were prompted to gather people to do this. Right in the, in the middle of the first lockdown, we met on top of Iveshead, a hill just outside Shepshed, to pray together. We hoped for a good view of the town whilst we prayed for it, but on that day there was this incredibly thick fog and we couldn't see more than 20 metres in front of us. But in that moment, as we prayed, we knew we didn't know the way forward, but we could be confident that God would show us the next step and keep on showing us the next step as we move forward. Now, we're planning a celebration of our own, a picnic in the park in July. We're hoping it's going to be the beginning of a fresh move of God in Shepshed. I wonder, what would it look like for us to follow the example of Nehemiah, Ezra and the Israelites here? We as Open Heaven are planning our own party in the park a worship event to celebrate being able to meet together again and to praise God for all that he's done to sustain us during lockdown. I hope we make a joyful noise loud enough to be heard from far away and I hope you'll be able to join us. I can't wait. But we must continue to pray for our town, our communities and our neighbourhoods, to saturate the land with prayer and worship to keep walking the streets together and praying, asking God to show us how to pray, what to pray, who to pray for. Every move of God has started and been sustained by prayer and worship. For those of you that have read on in Nehemiah, there's a warning in chapter 13 of what happens when we don't prioritise worship, when we don't put God at the centre of our relationships when we forget to give generously back to God of what he's resourced us with and when we neglect the Sabbath rest. Ultimately, the book of Nehemiah, like the whole of the Old Testament, demonstrates just how much we need Jesus. So we keep going, church. Keep praying. Keep humbling ourselves before God. Keep following Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit to fill us and enable us to persevere. Inhabiting the land means bringing God's kingdom rule and reign to the places and situations we find ourselves in. As we look forward to our moving day, when we fully come out of lockdown and can celebrate the beginning of the next season, we have an opportunity to deliberately choose what to take with us so that our new normal doesn't just become the old normal. So just as I did when I watched our stuff being moved into our new house. And just as the Israelites had the opportunity to do as they moved into the rebuilt Jerusalem, I want to ask us, what are you going to keep? What has sustained you and your relationship with God before and during lockdown? What kept you excited about serving him? What are the things that you couldn't do during lockdown? Things that have been in storage that you can unpack and restart now as we start to come out of lockdown. 
and what are the things that you've started doing in this season that you want to keep going into the next. Prayer habits, worship habits, hospitality, meeting in person as a small group, going for walks, playing sports, meeting in a cafe or in a pub. There's so much that we can restart and so much that we can, can continue that can help us fulfill Jesus' call on our lives. And secondly, what are you going to get rid of? What have you stopped during lockdown that you don't want to restart, that you want to leave behind, that you don't want to unpack out of storage and bring with you into this next season? Or is there anything unhelpful that you've started doing during this season that you want to stop and put an end to? What's getting in the way of you fulfilling God's calling? And what are the new things that you need? Is God calling you into something new? What are the new opportunities, ideas and passions that have been stirred up? And how do you need God to resource you to do them? What are you excited about as we come out of lockdown? Where is God getting your attention? Or maybe it's something that you thought about or wanted to do before or during lockdown that you've never started. God is patient and new seasons bring new opportunities to act. I want us now to take a moment to think, reflect, and to turn our attention to God. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to keep doing? What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start or restart doing? Why don't you just take a moment now to write it down, tell somebody else and pray about it. Father God, as we look forward to the end of this season and the beginning of the next, would you help us to dedicate ourselves to you in prayer and worship? Holy Spirit, would you fill us, guide us and inspire us as we move into and inhabit the land you call us into. Help us to follow Jesus, to persevere, to be obedient and to see your kingdom come. Amen. Amen.